But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true <laughs> Good evening. It's not big and it's not clever to go out and drink before an NUFC Malice podcast, but it's not the first time I've done this. So, good evening. Welcome to the professionals with uh, Stu Penman and Neil Mitchell, aka Mitch and Stu Penman. Get into them, he says. But <laughs> where do you go, lads? It's usually you two guys who are having a drink. I've had a great drink this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Steve Wraith, sponsored by Malverno, but on, on the water as well. The first question I'm going to ask you tonight, uh, Mitch, is Newcastle United, we've talked about this in our WhatsApp group. What is the best thing about being a Newcastle United fan at the moment? The return of hope. Looking forward to the game every weekend. Looking forward to what it's going to be like out here in Dubai with 120 to 150 people at Brooklyn Bar, with the place bouncing, with everybody up for it. Um, everything's a joy at the minute. And and I'm trying hard not to focus on what potential destinations we're on, but just enjoy every step of the, the journey on the way. And, and that return of hope, was what was strangled out of her for 14 years under Ashley, you know. Um, we've, we've talked about it in the past, haven't we, Stu, about turning out, watch the match out of a sense of duty. And 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 I'm sure many people have trudged along to St James's over the last few years, but out of a sense of duty. And now it's with a spring in your step, it's with that ability to hope. You know, we'll look at t- tomorrow's game, and like I'm saying tonight, get into them. We're, looking, we're up for it. Everybody's up for it. Uh, and that 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 ability to look forward to every weekend. That's the best thing for me at the minute. Well, for me, it seems you're speaking, Steve. I'll just continue on for a bit. Uh, no, if, if you I'm, I'm putting your... me mate. I'm putting me mate on mute. Yeah. <laughs> Just take the questions on, we'll answer them. If you did yeah. do a show at 10 o'clock this morning, we would have looked like you anyway, so... Aye. Um, <laughs> we're all right. The practice makes perfect, as I say. But regarding the best thing about supporting Newcastle at the minute, I'll probably just echo everything that Mitch says. It's You've always been proud to say you support Newcastle, but now you, you get looked at with envy or with respect rather than pity you know you, you know you used to say oh, i support your castle oh sorry you hear that uh, and now it's like, oh yes you get two camps you get the bitter jealous ones that'll say oh you're just going to buy everything but at least there's an acceptance that we'll be winning things and then you get the other ones saying you deserve it you've got a great set of fans and uh you know you'll be second team so you can go with your head hell high and it's it's a good thing to say yeah, i support your castle and and have done for all my life, you know. So it's it, the thing that doesn't change is is the love for the, for the team, whoever's representing us on the pitch. But now we have people on that pitch who can 
actually fulfil our footballing dreams, uh, and they all want to do that as well. And it, it, it's marvellous the way everyone's pulling in the same direction. Yeah, I mean we've got a squad that's really bought into that, yeah. and that comes across in everything they do at the minute. You know, you, you, you look at the behind the scenes things you see on the Amazon documentary, and how you know everybody to a to a man and woman in the club is bought into it, um, and that and that takes something special to, to do that. You know, it's the one thing we knew, having spoken to Amanda and Maynard over time, that they were possible and capable of doing. But to actually do that, um, I think, is uh, quite an achievement. It particularly, again, we keep coming back to how we're two, three years ahead of schedule. And, and that comes from that group of players who Eddie Howell galvanised to take well to a situation that, very few teams have got out of. We were, you know, the bookies rarely get stuff wrong, but we were odds on for relegation. And uh, yet we proved that wrong. And so, you know, it, it, it is that togetherness has is, is, is come out of all of this and it's it's an amazing achievement. You know, I was thinking, Mitch, if we knew that Steve was going to be drinking this afternoon, we could have just asked uh, Sammy to... Videos on Thursday when we're sitting in the oh, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> we could just play a video and put it on. <laughs> Lads, <laughs> I gave you, I gave you a little bit of warning that I'll be out drinking Malvino <laughs> red wine today. Um, I, I know you're not going to hang us out to dry. So, no, well, that, and we did, and we did ask that question about what's the best thing about being a Newcastle supporter. And for me personally, I will give my honest answer, and this is an answer I would give. If I hadn't been sponsored by Red Wine, or if I had been sponsored by Red Wine, and it, it, it's all down to hope, and I think that's the key. We've now got a football club that we know when we go to St. James's Park or we go to an away ground, we know that we've got a chance of winning the game. We didn't have that chance in the previous regime because we didn't have any hope. We didn't have the hope of buying the best players. We didn't have the hope of competing in that kind of Premier League regime. And now we've got that hope. It's, it's fantastic. And I think that's what we're trying to say last night in the Migos. We've just got to be happy, lads. We've just got to be happy with what we've got. Um, and I, I had a tweet today. That it was an interesting tweet today from one of those, you know, accounts which hides behind a, a fake name. And, and they basically just said, oh, careful what you wish for, because, you know, ultimately, when the UK fall out with Saudi, you will be the one to suffer. And I, it's not worth thinking about that. You just think about what's going on day to day. And, and Mitch, it's, it's a strange situation for us. But you know what? We're in a, we're in a situation where we should be celebrating it. And, and I think we, we've nailed it in the last two weeks, especially with the... The tweet that went out from an account, which I've given them publicity on the account, I'm not going to do it anymore. But about Bruno, you know, and, and Bruno reacted. He shouldn't have, look, that's his choice. He's an emotional guy. He reacted. But at the end of the day, fans, you need to sit and watch programs like this and be happy about what we've got, Mitch. Yeah. And, but also, um, I, I think we'll have to remember where we've come from 
the distance we've travelled and the time we've done it, um, that doesn't mean where it's appropriate we shouldn't be prepared to be the club's most critical friend on things that matter. But with something like that, all that shows me is how much Bruno cares. And that's a reflective of, again, a reflective of what Eddie Howe has the squad thinking in the direction that they're in and that we're all uh, should be trying to pull in the same direction uh, as much as possible and enjoying it, absolutely enjoying it. Uh, and so, you know, you, we're looking ahead to a game tomorrow, <clears throat> which at one time would all just pretty much write off. And now there's no writing it off. The other thing as well is we've all enjoyed conversations in the last few weeks that we couldn't have had under Ashley. Who are we going to sign? <laughs> we're looking yeah. the squad. And imagine if there was no FFP, what we'd be doing. It would be um, as mental as the Saudi Pro League. And, and it would just be like a, um, a shopping list of, uh, of, of real, you know, big, 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 big signings. But I think that just will come in time. And so I think uh, you're, you're right. It, it's sort of, there's, there's no point in getting snickety over the small things. There's teams will go to Man City and play better than we did that night and come away with our asses handed to them. That's how good Man City are. Um, our backline performed superbly. And, and even Eddie Howe's come out and said that he felt there was more we could have got out of the team. And I think that was obvious. But then to, to turn it into everything's... It's, it's almost like some accounts and some parts of the fan base... It's like binary. It's all great or it's all shit. And there's nothing in between. You know and what? That's, yeah. that's not how it works. The most positive thing for me about Newcastle United at the moment, though, is Mitch, is the, is the hope. Yeah, is the fact absolutely. that we, we, were, we were derived of that from the previous regime. We we mean you sat here during lockdown uh, when we were hoping for a takeover, me and you by ourselves on Instagram and then on here, and we just basically said, you know, th there's no hope. We had Steve Bruce as the manager, Matt, for God's sake, and Steve Bruce as a manager for some for some football teams might seem like an absolute godsend, but for us at that time under Mike Ashley it was like a double-barreled shotgun facing that year and saying, well, what's your last words? That's where we're at. And, you know, for, for, for us now, we are in a dream position. But for me, the best, you know, like the question I asked on Twitter and Facebook was, what is the best, what is the best thing about being a Newcastle fan? Stu, what's the best thing about being a Newcastle fan for you, really? <laughs> you just asked that one. Right, well, yeah, but, I'm, but I have, but I have, but, but I have. I'm going to have to go to the, the Twitter account and look at the, the reaction. So, no, I'm telling you, like, we're like uh, now an older generation. The, the, when the, the Keegan era that we get misty eyed and regale about quite often, there's a generation now that, were, that are 
the same age we were then, if that makes sense. Like yeah. in the early 20s. And they're enjoying this. And they'll look back where in 20-odd years and, and think what a fantastic thing we had under Eddie, Eddie Howe. You know, and, and and that's that's what we're doing. And believe me, I think what Eddie Howe is achieving will surpass what Keegan did. And mark, mark my words, we are building towards sustainable long-term success. And we just need to be patient. patient sorry. And, and I think that's what's... Sometimes you, you get the odd knacker who will come up with stupid things. Oh, why why is that person playing? Or would, you know, they're all trying to play a football manager in real life. We've got a manager who, when he does his press conferences, he, everyone who watches him, every Newcastle fan who watches that, you've got to have a huge amount of pride thinking he's representing us. You know, and then, then you see someone like Klopp or Arteta, the way they go on, win or lose, he's dignified. And he carries himself so well, and he's a perfect person to represent us. And the conversation I was having with Mitch on Thursday night was, it might have been caused by the question he asked. And, and then Mitch said something about that, right, but without financial fair play, we're, you know, we could have won something by now. But then, do you know what? It'll be sweeter with financial fair play because we've had to do it with all these obstacles put in the way. But I think it's benefited us. And I think we're getting respect from people the way we've conducted our business professionally, quietly, behind the scenes, got on with it. And the recruitment has been top notch. It really has. And if we had an open checkbook, you see what's happened in the Saudi Pro League. I don't think Eddie Howe would have handled that. This way, we've been able to grow naturally or grow organically and keep the team spirit rather than people coming in in for their own benefits, not for the benefit of the club. And there's no, even though the players are a lot better now than what they were two years ago, that the squad's hugely improved. But there's there's no one walks around like I'm the megastar here. You know, like if we'd got a Neymar, or if we'd got a Ronaldo or something like that. Uh, as Mitch just said, there everyone's in it together, and, and they really, really want to achieve it. And because I suppose they they'll probably sense that there's a trophy on the horizon. They've raised their game, they train harder, they play better, they're more professional than what they do off the pitch as well, because they want to be part of it. They don't want to be in the next window, the one that's, uh, I'm at the bottom of the ladder now, it's my turn to step off. You know, so it, that's where you've had the Murphys, the Joe Lintons, the, you know, there's, there's a whole batch of them, Sean Longstaff, that, that have improved beyond recognition to what they were before Eddie Howe took over, and his coaching staff, it's, it's easy to say Eddie Howe, but the the coaching staff as well. So there's a unity there that the fans show inside the stadium. And sometimes people get distracted by... Oh, we've lost you. We've got you back, yeah. mate. We've got you back. You must have had a call. Go on, mate. Go on, shoot. Right, so I would say that the, the unity with the team and the unity with the fans in the stadium who are the way, we shouldn't let a few knackers on social media looking for clicks by trying to single out players who give their all. Now, if their all's not good enough for that day, it doesn't mean they haven't given their all. I mean, it, there's a lot of judging going on with... I mean, when we talk about the Man City game, I, uh, I said, I think at the time, um, I'm very reluctant to single out players, but I think the whole midfield and the whole forward line were off their usual standards. Uh, but the, the defence was superb. You know, so you, you can pick up people and think, right, okay, 
you've got a chance to improve it. But the beauty of it is they've got the ability to to rectify any underperformance. We'd all like to be 10 out of 10 every day we do our job, but we're not, and we have to be honest. Uh, but we have a, a group now where in every position there's two quality players. And we couldn't have said that, not even last season. So the squad is bulkier with talent, it's bulkier. It's probably the best squad that I've, I've seen in my lifetime. Maybe it's not the best 11 yet, but the best squad. Mm. Uh, and it's only going to keep improving, and we know that. We've won the football lottery with, with our owners. And not just the financial, but the, their commitment as well. Uh, and they want to achieve. And the people who own us don't do second best. And, you know, this should also give us a, a sense of of pride. And just go back to that one word again. It's, it's patience. That's what we need. We just have to enjoy what we've got. And it will get better and better and better and better. And you know, you say about not signing a superstar. The one thing we did do was sign a superstar in Kieran Trippier. He mightn't be a superstar on the pitch, but as an individual, he's a superstar. And I think that's the you know the, the drive that I put through the dressing room starts with a leader like that, um, and the and the other leaders he has around him in that leadership group. Mm-hmm. And so you know it's it, it's it's a fascinating thing. I get what you say about having um, the best squad without necessarily having the best eleven. Yeah, uh, and again it boils down to Eddie's wanting to have. Two people in each each position, at least. Yeah, uh, but they're getting there now, Mitch, and, and they're better now than they've ever been squad-wise. And right. once we get Champions League football again, and let's say we get it three years in a row, then people really do want to come to us, and they'll know what they need to do to join us, as in yeah. the commitment, the effort, and everything else. And our time's coming. We know it is, and everyone else knows it's coming as well. Uh, and that's what's frightening them. And that's where you get the stupid remarks and comments. It's just born out with either fear, envy or jealousy. And it's fantastic. It's happening to us. And we've just got to let it happen. And because it, it will happen. They will not re- they will not stop until we are number one. The chairman said it himself on speaking, more than one occasion. Speaking of stupid comments, do you think it's fear and jealousy that drives Klopp to open his big bloody mouth every time we not come exactly. up? But he might just hope he's going to show his teeth off, though. It could be that. That could be that. Aye, true. <laughs> There's a couple of uh, responses on Twitter. Chris Hall said, um, uh, the question I put out to uh, YouTube and to Twitter was, tell me below what is the best thing about being a Newcastle United fan at the minute. Uh, Chris Hall said, knowing that the ride will be on the next decade or will go down in club history. And we'll be talked about for years to come. We'll have ups and downs, but it'll be one hell of a ride. Alan Hall said, looking forward to the game now more than ever. The walk to the ground, the atmosphere around the city in the stadium is first class. And after the game, regardless of the result, is you know, is 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 a good night. Now Kevin Simpson says, watching the big shit, uh, watching the big six shit their pants. That's why yeah. there's an extra European place up for grabs. It's interesting how people view things, isn't it, Neil? Because ultimately people are, you know, you said it before, Stockholm Syndrome. People mm. are always people are always living in that 14 years of Ashley misery. But ultimately people have got different things that they look forward to. For me personally, 
It's just about going to the game. You, you look forward to going to the game. You look forward to enjoying the game, a good game of football and competing. I've got to, I've got to be perfectly honest. It's all about the hope, though, isn't it? Yeah, but we've also, it's, it's fascinating to see. I was talking about this this afternoon with Steve Bennett and with 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 Andy, um, and it, it's fascinating having been on an international call with a lot of international fans. Feeling what what each different region seems to want to get and what what would make them happy. So you've got some wanting to say, well, well, look what you're doing in Dubai. We want to help to build something like that. And then you go all the way down to the the lad from the Thailand supporters group who would just be very happy with a Facebook page in Thai. And and if you give him that, that seemed to be all he would be happy with. But it's the fact that everybody is in a position now to ask the club, this is what we would like help with and this is what would make us grow with you. These these levels of interaction, um, they often don't seem like much, but in a situation where you've gone from no communication and, you know, all at war with the owners at times to... Um, where the guy in Bangkok can get his Thai Facebook page sorted out. <laughs> I think it's things like that that really touch me. That 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 you realise the depth of feeling for Newcastle United around the world a little bit more. Um, yeah, well, they, remember what they what they had to when they took over. What the the mess that was there, the emptiness that was within the club, you know, and. Yes, they, they will listen, and yes, they are acting, and they're moving at such a pace behind the scenes as well as on the pitch that when someone doesn't get what they want instantly, they start like throwing the toys at the pram and stamp yes. on the feet. They're, 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 these owners, they're the best owners any any club could ever have, the, the way they've went about it. Now, they have to prioritize their importance when, when they're, they're writing lists or however they're discussing lists of what needs to be done first. And I think I've talked about this before. It's, it's like when we were younger, wanting to get a house, you know, you had to save and then you'd get a sofa and you'd build the house up eventually. But people nowadays want to move into a showroom straight away, like a show house straight away. It can't be done in the real world of football. They'll fix as much as they can, as quick as they can. And everything they're doing is improving. The The only thing that they'll ever have stumbling block over is the, is the ticketing issue because of the demand. Yeah. Uh, and because yeah. we've been stopped for that long, whatever they do, it's going to be called the wrong thing. By you get people say, "Oh, it's a great suggestion. That that's a fantastic idea." Until it affects them, and then it becomes a problem. Yes. You know, so everything that they're doing, whether it's right or wrong, they're doing it with their best intentions. And if you yeah. look, if you compare it to make Ashley, or even going back to every chairman that that's been sitting there before us, their their intentions we're self-serving first uh, and then let's see what we can do i mean we know that i, I was reading something yesterday and uh, no, i couldn't have been yesterday i couldn't read yesterday it must have been uh, thursday it was when we played liverpool in the 74 cup final i think we'd won 11 trophies and they'd won 10 or something like that yeah. in the history of football and, and since then they've won 15 we've still won 11. And that we're on a level par with them. We'd had more than, you know, Chelsea at that stage, more than Man City at that stage, and 
we were one of the richest on the top 20, definitely maybe top 10 football clubs in the world under Hall, when John Hall was running it. But then it, it just all went, nothing got put in and you, we've missed out on the growth of, and that's where Tottenham have jumped up. They've won nothing, but they've jumped ahead of us just by marketing and, and yeah. tapping into the potential of the fan base. Uh, and we've got so much catching up to do. So the fact that we're sitting in the top four for last season and we're probably about in the top 10 if we're lucky on money generated mm. it shows that we're, we're overachieving and it should be right if you would make the most money in theory you should have the best team and it doesn't work like that man united approved that everyone approved that by spending money what you need is structure uh, and a plan and we've got both and i think sometimes we take things for granted and we should be so grateful that we have anyhow as committed as a management we've got the owners committed as they are to making us succeed our job is just to support as much as we can as loud as we can and as often as we can and when we if, if we go back to a few years Mitch, when we used to fly over i know you were saying it was like a sense of duty but we it was more the crack in the ball we were bits and then it was yeah. like a slow trudge up to the ground wasn't it it was like oh. It was like, you might, no one said it, but everyone was thinking it, oh, let's get this 90 minutes out of the way. We'll it, was, it, was, it was a great weekend with the football problem. Yeah. yeah. And now, it's like you're going there with a hop, skip and a jump. You know, uh-huh. to get around. And the, the whole weekend experience starts with Eddie Howe's press conference on a Friday. You know he's not going to give note away. You know he's going to bat off the questions and answer them in his own style. But... You, you say, I do. I, I don't know about you two lads, but I, I sit and, and watch it. We watched the one yesterday together, didn't we? And, and I'm sitting there thinking, it's just amazing he's representing us. And what have we really got to complain about? We, we've got a team that is capable of winning a trophy this season. When's the last time you could actually say that and mean it? And that would have been in the Keegan era. Even under Bobby Robson, we, did we really have a team that was going to win a trophy? You know, got to a cup final, but You'd, you, if that was it, that would have been a flash in the pan. That would have been a Coventry winning the FA Cup final at the time because or when Rude Hullet took us there, we were 11th or so, 13th. You know, it was a Wimbledon, not, not as bad as Wimbledon, wasn't it? but it, it was how the FA Cup was. Now, we've got genuine opportunities to, to, and to win a trophy, but not just one, to win a stream of trophies over the next decade. And I just want to be there to see it. I think that's a, that's a case with all of us, though, you know. Um, but for, for us, we'll want to see Newcastle win something, Mitch. Yeah. Um, and when we do, it'll be all the sweeter. Knowing that we've done it in spite with of the obstacles being thrown at our path, in spite of the things we've had to do, in spite of them trying to change the rules mid-game. And all of those things, it'll be all the sweeter when it happens. You see, the other thing that we discussed was the the way the mainstream media they try to like put doubt in people's minds, don't they? Oh, you yeah. you won't be able to cope because they've got Champions League fixtures, this, that, and the other. Well, but they keep picking up Aston Villa, who have already started their European uh, tourney this this uh, this season. They've already started, so they if they're going to be successful, then the chances are they could go far in that tournament. They're going to play more games than us. That's going to affect their leagues, isn't it? That's but, true. No, that's, that doesn't count. It's only Newcastle that will be affected. You know, and, and people buy it. You know, they're actually like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have Champions League. Fantastic, we're going to have Champions League. We're going to have some of the best teams on the planet 
come to our, our ground and I promise you when they leave, they'll know they've been in a game and if any of them take us lightly, they'll, be oh. for the, uh, they'll regret it. There'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be teams all across pots one, two and three looking at pot four saying, not the, who not do the, want the... anybody <laughs> but them? Definitely not them. I don't want to go there on a Wednesday night. I don't want to go there on a Tuesday night when it's pissing down the rain and the flags are out and the, the whole place is bouncing. Um, no, no thanks. Don't want them. Yeah. Give it to somebody else. And, and we, we build. For the Champions League draw. And then we'll God. know where we're going. And oh, then we'll just stop. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to that game. We'll go to that game. And even if I don't get to the game, even, even if I don't get a ticket, I'll go. So yeah. I can... Atmosphere like Milan, like Barcelona, like the things that we've done in the past. You know, I was daft enough to, to go to Kiev years ago. I went to Bruges. I know you went as well, Mitch. And, and you start thinking, right, this we've we've had it. Now the new generation are going to get the opportunity, some of what we've had. And it's brilliant. A Jody invasion where it's good, humoured banter and getting on with the locals. There's none of this. Making friendships. With, yeah. But you yeah. See the other fans, that like, that lasts a lifetime. Yeah, you have running battles with with the the European uh, factions. That won't happen, Newcastle. We say, "I'll put you back, dude, man. Come and have a paint." You know what I mean? I, there'll be that many of Newcastle. I'm I'm hoping, but not hoping that we get Ajax because imagine there'll be. I'm not even exaggerating. There'll probably be thirty thousand Newcastle fans in Amsterdam. I'm not being so, funny, but the, 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 from my experience traveling to Europe as a Newcastle fan. We make more friends than enemies because yeah. people people Definitely. actually people actually embrace us as you know genuine football fans. So it's one of those things. But thirty minutes gone, Stu. That means the ads, and it's a very important break. It's never an yep. important break for anybody in any UFC matters, but it's an important <laughs> break for Stu Wheatman. A big Jeez. thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickys.co.uk or by telephoning 01768 210 102. A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 4174 Email info at com, and they've got a website which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee 
You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search Membership Pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket, win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Stu, you don't do the three amigos, so I'm going to ask you the question we asked last night about um, Wilson and uh, Isaac. Obviously, the you know the, the Amazon documentary was interesting on part three. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but they were talking quite a lot on there about what it's like to be on the bench. I mean, for you, is there a, is Ian Murder at the, the press conference yesterday said, because you picked Isaac in the first two games, is he now your number one choice? What 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 What's your feeling on the centre-forward situation at Newcastle? Well, I think Isaac is number one, but we wouldn't be dissatisfied if Wilson was starting. And I think with both of them, they'll manage the minutes. And it's it's in the best interest to do so. And the way Wilson comes on, straining at the leash, isn't he? He's, he's, he's there. He can give 30, 30 plus minutes every game. And I heard talk about uh, yesterday on the Amigos, like, should we start Wilson or should we start Isaac? Isaac's already scored two goals. Already scored two goals. And he never had a chance to score a goal against Man City. So, you know, get him on to score first goal tomorrow. Uh, Isaac, Isaac's, Isaac's a different class of player. As much as Wilson's a great player, Isaac's a level above. Uh, and he, he offers us so much more. And as a defender, I think you'd more, rather mark Wilson than Isaac. But once once he's run the ragged and tires them out, Wilson can come on. And there will be games where Wilson will start. Uh, there will be games where they could play them both together. But it's never nice to sit on the bench. But if you're part of it and you're getting your time on, not everyone's going to be like Jacob Murphy, just delighted to be part of the club and give me any minutes. That's that's good. You know, um, Wilson's uh, now a regular international player, or squad, England squad anyway. So, of course, he wants to be playing all the time. But if he played every single game for us, you know by October he's going to be injured. You, you know for a fact he would. Before mm. September, he would be injured. But by this, we'll get more benefit of him out of the, out of the full season. And the, as I said, there will be times where the, the management have looked at the particular game and the particular defence and think Callum's going to be better suited to start this game. And uh, Isaac's going to get rested. And it's rotation, isn't it? So it's not that's... a case of being dropped or that. It's it's the, the play, the best thing. And when we had the little break, I, I was thinking, who's go, who could score the first goal? I know I've just said it, Isaac. But you could make a case for about seven or eight players in our team to score the first goal. Genuinely. And when was the last time we've been able to do that? Even if we go back to like the, when we got beat off the Mackens in the playoff, if it wasn't Quinn or uh, McGee scoring, who else was scoring? Even when it was BSV goal together, you know, a few players would chip in, uh, Rob Lee most notably. 
But now you can see it. Well, I can see Mickey cutting in and bending one in. I can see Bond scoring. I can see Joe Linton scoring. I can see Bruno scoring. I can see Tonali scoring. I can see Trippier scoring a free kick. You, know, you can make cases for all the offensive players plus one, maybe two of the defenders. Uh, and that's right. the beauty of a goal threat now. That's, it's not just a case of keep this one person or these two people quiet and you'll beat them. They, they have right. to try and hope the whole team has a bad day. Thoughts, Mitch? Arsenal like Isaac and Wilson is a one-two punch. Now you imagine you've had 70 minutes trying to mark Isaac and you're getting to the last 20 minutes of the game and then on comes Callum Wilson who's maybe he's a little bit more explosive. He's definitely more physical. Yeah. But if you notice, he's, he's one of these players as well. He's always uh, touching you and, and patting you on the shoulder and and when he when you're marking him, he's touch marking you. He's got his hands on you all the bloody time. And and he's got a game. He's got a. He's got a game management. Noy the absolute hell out of you as a centre back. Um, you'd probably also smile in your face if you kick him. He's one of them, uh, and so to have that coming on after seventy minutes of trying to mark Isaac, it, it it's a fantastic one-two punch. Yeah, but the thing is, if you start them both, it would then take away from another part of the team. Unless mm. you put he's left, and he's not naturally a left winger. Although he, he did well against Everton, he did well against Forrest on that position. That's not his natural position, and that's why they've got the new players in. So the people who are playing, no matter if he's playing his 4-3-3, whoever comes in now will be playing their natural position so that the team mm. should be weakened as a whole. You know, no one's like playing out of position to... And, and if we go back to the Keegans, he would do that. He would pick players and put them in the wrong position just because he wanted to play them. You know, so th this is where we, this is where we have to improve. Well, what's that about Tierney now? Well, I, <laughs> I've got to, I'm going to bring you up on this uh, because this has been a big yeah. talking point on NUFC matters. Tierney looks like he's going to Real Sociedad. Uh, mm -hmm. Terry says, glad we're not sucking into buying Tierney, even his upgraded Arsenal. Not good enough for Newcastle. What's your thoughts on that, on, on that Stu? I, I, well, I, I think I've made my thoughts clear. I, I believe Tierney would have been a fantastic acquisition for us, uh, just for everything that he offered. And you, you can't say, well, he, he's not fitting in at Arsenal, so he's not good enough for Newcastle. It's, it's not that type of... It's not as simple as that. You know, you, you could look at other players who maybe struggled in one team and went to another team. Use more Salah as an example. Couldn't get the Chelsea team. Went to Roma, did okay. Went to Liverpool and it just fitted him like a glove. And, and I think Tierney would have complemented the left wing or the left side just as much as Trippier does on the right. Uh, and I think it would have given us balance. But it was quite clear that Arsenal didn't want to do any business with us. So we could all wish for who we want and everyone has their own aspirations of who would like to say, you know, we're all football managers, aren't we? We should buy this player, we should buy that player. Uh, just from my position, I'm fortunate enough to, to come in here twice a week and when I'm asked the question, who would I want to sign? I really wanted Kieran Tini to sign. Uh, am I upset that he's not signed? I'm not upset, no, because I, I, you trust the process and you think, right, if he's not going to come with us, then what do we do? Not that he didn't want to come. If they're not going to sell him, we can't have him. You know, so you've got to, you've got to move on. They, they don't want to, and you, you can't blame them. You know, if, for example, Liverpool uh, tomorrow, after tomorrow's game, says Joe Linton was fantastic. We need a midfielder, right? We're going to bid for him. Do you think Newcastle would want to do business with Liverpool? 
to sell one of their better players to go to them. Of course they wouldn't. But if someone from abroad says, right, we'll give you a fee that we that you decide is acceptable, then it's under consideration. Uh, and I think that's what's happened with Cheney. Arsenal didn't want to improve us. And you know what? If we're not, if we take the black and white glasses off, you, you can't blame them for that. Why would they want to help us get better when they fear us? You know, they're, they're all thinking, right, these people or well, this team is it's coming no matter what they do. So they're all jostling to, to keep their place in the top four or top five as it'll be at the end of the season. Uh, and by helping us get stronger, it doesn't make sense. So each to their own. Uh, if that fella there thinks that Tierney's not good enough, then that's good. He's not here anyway. So we'll move on and we'll see if we sign someone else in this window. And if we do, it'll improve the squad. Everyone that we've signed has improved the squad. Uh, and that's including young Minty, who's out on loan. He hasn't improved our squad because he's not in it. But what he'll do, he's, he'll develop. And if he's not good enough to get in our squad when we do bring him back, we'll be able to sell him for a lot more than what we paid for him. And, and that's that's the model that they're going on now. You know, and, it, and it's done structuredly. And, and this is this is why we should just be the, the hope that is what talking about the pride I refer to. We've got true, true professionals running our club, and we just need to cool the jets and just enjoy watching the team try their very, very best, and be reasonable enough to think we're not going to win every game as much as we're capable of winning every game, as much as we want to win every game. We won't ever win every game. Not every team wins every game. Look at Arsenal today. They drew with uh, Fulham, 10-man Fulham. Man United scraped a win against Forest. Whether they should have won or not is debatable. But th this is this is what we, we, we've got coming. These teams don't want us to be where we are, but they know they can't stop us. Even when they keep tweaking the rules and changing, oh, just by chance. It's nothing to do with you, Newcastle. It's just that you've been affected by it most. That's where it'll become more and more sweeter when we, we do win something. So... If someone's happy with Hall above Tierney, I hope we're all happy with Hall above Tierney. I just believe Tierney would have been for the here and now. Uh, and he, he could have went straight into that team and made an impact instantly. Hall, over the next two, three, four, five years, could be the best left-back we've ever had. Mighty Wynn agrees with you. He goes there, every gooner whose opinion I respect, mainly old-timers, he says, love Tierney. He says, but Arteta doesn't. He says, think he fits the way he wants to play Still, rather have Hall though. So a lot of people are more more in a positive mindset for Hall, uh, Stu. Oh well, like I say, he's, he's a young lad. He's got his whole career ahead of him, and he's shown enough in the short space of time. He's, and he, when he's had games for Chelsea, he. But what we've bought is potential. The the point I was making is we can't keep buying potential. We need to buy for the here and now. And Tierney would have fitted that role perfectly. He's a seasoned international. He's used to playing European football. He won't be phased by going away in Europe and playing in the big stadiums and hostile atmospheres. You know, uh, or even if, he, if well, it's that he's used to playing at uh, Arsenal, so he's not that used to that much good atmospheres. But when he goes away with them, you know, there's, he, for me, he would have, he would have been the one. He, he would have been the one. But I'm not, I'm not, that's not uh, any disrespect or to the detriment of Hall, because Hall could be fantastic. And, but you use, could and but it's more likely that the could will be will be fantastic but again we're still talking future tense not present tense 
because holds up the rest of tomorrow. Eddie Hall, Eddie made that clear in his press conference yesterday, didn't he? He has to blend be in the squad. The he said he might be, oh, in the squad. be in the squad, but he's not going to start him. Uh, so to me, unless there's an injury to Dan Byrne, then Hall's not going to be starting anytime soon. Uh, and but that's good for us because when he does start, he'll know his role. He, he and he he would have earned it, and that's only going to be better for us. So I'm not against the signing of Hall at all. Uh, uh, I just want to say my preference at this stage would have been someone who was ready, and Tierney was that person for me. Mitch, interesting one because Tierney's been on our lips because Stu has really wanted him to come to the club and thought he might welcome the club. He hasn't. He wanted to come. Yeah, and, he, and he's off to Spain, but Eddie Howe clearly didn't want him to come. What, what, what's, what's your views on Lewis Hall being the person who Eddie Howe's put his faith in? Well, go back to where we started this show. Isn't it great to have these conversations about £35 million left-backs? Massively, massively. <laughs> being, po- being positive. This show isn't, isn't it, ever aimed to be negative towards the club. Exactly. And I think with... Um, Again, it, it's it's finding the balance in the squad between potential inability to develop into the image of how Eddie Howe wants them to be versus needing somebody you can drop into the team absolutely right now. And I think between Target, Byrne and Hall, we've now got left full-back covered for the short, medium and long term um, very, very well. And I would say the same had with St. Tierney as well. I, I don't really... For for me, um, it was a. It, it seemed to be a general consensus that was an area that needed strengthening. It's been strengthened, and we're talking about signing thirty million pound fullbacks, and that's bloody great, and that does me fine. I've got no particular preference. Um, it seems from the way Eddie's spoken about uh, Hall in the press conference about him playing multiple positions, um, that being seen as an asset, but so can Tierney. So, you know what, yeah. Mitch, my interpretation of what he was saying that, uh, because he was asking like, about being left back, I, I felt it was more to protect Dan Byrne, and it wasn't him just Possibly. saying, yeah, I bought him to be left back. You know, so you said, look, I bought him because he's great at this, 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 and this, and this, rather than saying, no, I bought him to be our left back, because he's not going to be mm. playing left back or next week or the week after. Uh, well, it won't the week after because it's internationals, but, you know, over the next five or six games, is it's unlikely he's going to be starting. So you have to think if you're Dan Burney, so he's just bought him. He said, yeah, he's, I bought him. He said, he's going to be the best left back this club's ever had. You think, well, what's the point of me turning up on Sunday then? Aye. Yeah, so Aye. of course, I've brought him into the squad, but Eddie, I was also shown that if someone's in that position and they're, they're doing well, they keep the job, they keep the position, just like Murphy did. And that's, to me, that kick-started our season again after the the January-February lull, because when he put Murphy in the team, it gave Miggy the shake that he needed. And if you recall, yeah. he came off the bench, I think it was Wolves, when he scored, he, and, and he got himself back in the team. But his the elation on his face, you could see the outburst of all the pent-up frustration he had when he scored that. And that's pride in your team. You know, that's, yeah. And that's the togetherness. And the way when they score a goal, the way they all do it, they all run to them and each member of the team congratulates them. The way they do the photographs and stick them up in the training ground afterwards. It, it's the unity like this. It's simple, but it's effective. And 
what's happened to Cheney? Nothing yet. He looks like he's going to Real Sociedad on loan. So that's what's happened to Cheney. So, I'm sorry, Steve, you've come away. Are you all right? Mm. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Um, I just want to ask you about Isaac and Wilson. Um, it was a question that was chucked into the Amigos last night, but Amigo, the, the Amigos is... Steve, is, is, oh, we're having a bit of a time warp here. Yeah, but but but, but oh, well, maybe we are because I've had six bottles of Malvern. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've already covered Isaac Wilson, mate. We've do got we, do ten minutes about, to go, then, lads. You fill it in. Want to talk about Mike Dean? <laughs> go for it. Have you, have you heard he's made it worse by his comments on Sky Sports this afternoon? So I, I did see. I did say. I did see Simon Jordan come out and do some kind of thing on Talksport, but because I was out on the drink with a, a couple of good pals today after the adversity that I've faced in the last eight weeks, I've had to. Um, I've, I've had to have a a social today. The blowout. Yes, um, which is what I've done. So tell us about that. Well, Simon Jordan's trying to defend Dean because he's trying to look look after his own podcast. But Dean's does suck a Saturday now on Sky Sports with uh, uh, with the, the the new setup that they have there, which is certainly what I've seen of it today. Is it, it's just not the same without Jeff Stelling, which is what everybody said it would wouldn't be. Um, but Mike Dean's on there now, and he's trying to cover his ass pretty much by saying it was these words have been taken out of context and trying to say he didn't say what he said. We all heard it, Mike Dean. We all heard what you said. You started off by saying it was a regret that you didn't see the hair pull and sending your mate to the screen. And then you contradicted yourself by saying, I didn't send my mate to the screen because I didn't want him to get more pressure, which means you did see the hair pull and you knew exactly what was going on. Um, it, it's as simple as that. And no amount of words can retract that now, now it's out there. And I think we've got a genuine... Um, Lumen decision to make over where VAR goes from here. Like we've said on here time and time again, VAR is not the problem. It's the absolute fuckwits and morons that are operating it that are the problem. And this is the classic example of why it needs to be much more independent, whether we need to get foreign officials in from other leagues to run our VAR. Simple solution, Rich. Yes, the so that you can't say, oh, he's my friend and I don't want any trouble. Someone who has no contact with them, whether they be Dutch, German, French, Italian, you're VR for that game. Because it's all technology anyway. So you're yes. the VR for that game. And that's it. It's done. Yep. It's Absolutely. no jobs for the boys anymore. And the, and the Jasper Curry carrot lookalike sitting there contradicting themselves this afternoon. It, it was ridiculous. And yes. Yes, Simon Jordan is going to try and defend the point because he did his podcast, didn't he? So he's, he's not going to slay him after doing it. Right. But the top and bottom of it is, yes, I see it and I didn't want to get to call him up for being wrong. No, that's your job. And to be fair, if you've made a mistake and you can get it rectified, they're in a really, really unique position where errors can be rectified and then the, the, there isn't a backlash after that because, yeah, it was fixed. But the, he's chosen to take a decision yeah. against what his job was to be done, what the, the role of his job. And that it, isn't, that's not what it's about. It's just, it, which to me, it gives an insight into how they can decide, oh, we won't look at that one, but we'll look at that one, which adds fuel to the flames of all of us saying it's corrupt, it's there to favour a certain few yes. teams. And there's enough evidence to prove that last season alone. 
there's more than enough evidence well, to show I, that. I, I think this season already, I think there's enough things with VAR. Yes, saying, well, what about that? What about that? We now also have other issues with consistency between referees. Bruno got booked for showing an imaginary card. Half of Arsenal's team were doing that in the last two games. Yeah. And not a single yellow card given. So where's the consistency? They're all got to be booked or none of them have got to be booked. You can't pick and choose when you're going to apply that rule. It's 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 It seems the same with Meg Dean picking and choosing when he's applied that rule. Um, it's 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 not right. Um, also, today um, in the Man U game, the keeper getting sent off and a penalty given, how's that that much different to what the Villa keeper did to Miggy? You know, yep. other than other than ones in the box and ones outside of the box, um, is that really the the difference? And then also, I thought this double jeopardy rule, where it's a penalty in a yellow or it's a red and no penalty. Did I don't think it was quite as well. I didn't want to get me mate into trouble. You know, it's like I'm better than you. I, I, my, my view of this is is better than yours. You made a mistake, but I'll cover you. As look, you do your job, and he'd be grateful for it that he's missed it. That's the whole idea of VR. Like his hair pulled, he didn't see it. Go and have a look at this. And if he goes and has a look at it and says, "I don't want to take any action," fine. Hi. Hey, I'm up with Ian Brownlee's comment. He says, "Do you want to?" Talk? Talk about Isaac. On, 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 tomorrow live on Sky Sports and Newcastle of course will be looking for their first victory over Liverpool since a 2-0 success at St James's Park in December 2015 Uh, we have made 13 unsuccessful attempts to take maximum points losing 9 and drawing the other 4 uh, injury news, of course, I did um, I did mention it on the Amigos yesterday, but Joe Linton is okay. Uh, we need to know whether he's going to be picked, though, of course, by Eddie Howe. Emil Kraft and Joe Willock are both still sidelined. Jacob Murphy should be okay. Um, the only reason he was out at the Etihad last week is because he was becoming a dad uh, for the first time. Um, from a Liverpool perspective, Alcantara and Jones remain out. But we do know that Trent Alexander-Arnold should be okay. And McAllister, uh, who was red-carded last weekend, well, that was overturned and he will be okay to face Newcastle on Sunday. John Brooks is the referee. Stuart Atwell is on VAR, which is often switched off. And Stu, uh, we will come to you first for your prediction. Um, Mitch gave the day's prediction yesterday, but what is your hopes and dreams for tomorrow. We always know you produce, you, you you want you want a three 0 That's what you always predict. But give give us your views on the game first, and then give us your prediction. Yeah, well, I have bet me three one as I usually do, uh, but I think we'll win two 0 And I think where we'll win the game is where we lost it last week, and that's in midfield. We'll have a certain midfielder who feels he's been 
vilified by an account that plays double standards behind a different name. And you have to free texting. Yeah, but the owners of them, you know, it's 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 all politics, which I try to get away from. Me but too. It's, it's, right, it's Rail Bruno, and we discussed this yesterday, Mitch. He'll either come out and have a stop, or he'll get himself sent off, you know. <laughs> but there'll be 50,000 there. Uh, you come out the tracks and two foot somewhere. <laughs> now, I think we'll win it in midfield this, this time. Um, me too. To, to me, Liverpool's midfield is what cost them last season. They've tried to rectify it for, for this year. But the, the main guy they've got there at the moment in midfield is Sir Bosley. And I think our friend Joe Linton's going to be marking him quite literally, I would imagine. Welcome to the Premier League officially. And I could see him having a quiet game after Joe Linton puts him in his back pocket. Um, I think Bruno will be demanding the ball. He'll be more proactive. And... I think he's, we're going to get a tireless performance from him. And I think with this sort of atmosphere, it'll bring the best out with Tenali as well. And there's, there's, there's no play at home. And I'm sure the atmosphere will be better than what it was against Aston Villa. As long as they stay with their team, even if we do go down, which we can't if we're going to win two, Liverpool will be looking to hit us on the counter-attack on, on the break. And this is what we're talking about. So Steve, when, what's it like to support your team now? We're going there tomorrow expecting, not even hoping, oh, you know, if things go our way, we might be able to sneak in a 1-0 win. We, we're going there tomorrow in favourites of the bookies. The bookies want us to be, uh, expect us to win. So that's the Newcastle that we, are, we support now. And there's no reason why we shouldn't win. Let them try and hit us on the break. I'm sure we've already prepared ourselves for that. But if they hit us on the break, that means we're attacking and we've got enough attacking intent in our team to make sure that we come away with the win. So 3-1 is a standard, but I, I can see it's winning 2-0. I'm just trying to move away from the 3-1, even though I bet on it. Because if I move away from I it... See, it I in. see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. Steve, 6-1. You castle after your six bottles of wine. Um, I'm worried <laughs> about the countess, says Craig. And uh, get back on it, Wraithy, says Ian. Yeah. Um, OK, we, we had 2-1... Was it right? Was that what we had on the dice? Yeah. yeah. The dice? What's your prediction, Mitch? I'm going with two note. I think we'll we'll. These are the here coming for the taking. They're 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 still rebuilding their midfield. Um, read an interesting report today from a French journalist saying that he has sources inside Liverpool saying that there's a sense of fear and dread and disorganisation creeping through the. The, the the squad that are disappointed with that performance in the transfer window and that the the um even down to the fact that the company uh, that's in charge of uh, redevelopment and fields about to go bust is symptomatic about how the whole club uh, is going at the moment um and, and I mean, I, I, what I've been told about that, by the way, is shocking if it's true. Yeah. Bearing in mind it's part of the world there where, um, you know, like us in the northeast was hit with unemployment time and time again. Say another 600 people lose their jobs would be terrible, but mainly because it sounds like they've stuffed up the roof on the redevelopment and they were going to be hit with penalty clauses. And rather than do that, they're going into administration, which I think if that's the case, it's shocking. But once again, it does. Or feel very 
Newcastle under Ashley. You know, you you, you, you wonder did the vet the quality of the company that they were picking to do this work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and then you feel for the six hundred employees who are going to lose yeah, their jobs. You know? I can give a job. I can do that. Yosha Hughes. I'm Yosha. No, I'm just I saying I think they're there for the taking and I think we just need yeah. to get we do need to get stuck into them. I, I, you know, the, what's going to make it is the sweetest tomorrow when we win is watching Klopp not shake any house hand because we've got inside his head and I don't think he'll handle it tomorrow and I want to see him not shake the hand and storm down the tunnel like he's Piers Morgan walk off the team. <laughs> You know, and then giving an interview how it's the world's against them and it's uh, not fair. Big, horrible Newcastle and we're great, we're Liverpool. So it's, I want to see that. I want to see him storm off and be, be really, really upset. I think the best thing about tonight's show has been broken flask um, message. He goes, this show has been mint. Look on Stu and Mitch's face when Steve repeated himself was class. You enjoy, Steve, mate. You deserve it. Broken flask. Certainly do. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, thanks to Mitch and Stu for guiding us through something after six bottles of red wine. Um, but you know what? That's what NUFC Matters is all about. Being honest, being straight, and just being here because you guys out there deserve it. We we'll love you loads. Stu, Mitch, I love you guys loads as well. I'll be back tomorrow night, Monday, uh, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, Fans Forum, which is usually on a Monday, we're doing it eight o'clock tomorrow night as a bit of a match reaction show because I've got a look, I've got a busy week, but any UFC matters never lets you down. We'll always be here. Stu, Mitch, love you loads. Take care, Take guys. Gotta see a good day. God bless me before you go off. <laughs> <laughs>